Today's anecdotal experience is sponsored by WordPress.com. Is Squarespace too expensive for you? Are you willing to sacrifice quality and stability to save $3 a month? If you said yes visit WordPress.com, and make another poor life decision. Today on the Anecdotal Experience Podcast, it's so funny, my cat always walks over when I start talking, because she thinks I'm talking to her, like we're going to have a conversation. She's whack, yo. Today's guest, Bobby Grayson. Bobby's been on the podcast before. We're talking, jeez. We're talking about making friends. Like, when you move to a new city, this is so relatable. Um, Everyone, nobody wants to move to a new city because they're afraid of making friends. I think people like the idea of moving to a new city, but um, it's scary when you don't know anyone. So we talk about that experience because we both had a similar experience. We worked at the same job. We moved to the same place, got hired on, lived in the same apartment um, in a city that we didn't know anyone. So we talk about that a bit, how we make friends, go in a couple different directions. You're going to have fun. You're going to love it. I love you. I love my cat. Um, let's do this episode with my friend, my homie, Bobby Grayson. Yeah, it was. Yeah, we can, we can like talk about this a bit. I mean, we don't have to. We're not gonna like disparage well, anyone. Well, I wasn't sure what exactly you'd want to go into, so I'm, I was just kind of trying to segue in that general direction. No, this is yeah, you're. Really, you know, I appreciate that because um, I'm bad at that. But I do. We're here now, and we can talk about moving. Let's talk about like ma- you know moving somewhere new. And then making friends because it's it feels damn near impossible sometimes. It doesn't feel impossible to me, but I would I would go so far as to say that like so. And this is just like my observation, my window. But what I've noticed is like there's maybe two out of the ten people I was tight with, like up through high school and college that I still keep in touch with. And when I say tight with, I mean like, you know, somebody you can call if you need fucking bail about or whatever. And, and so if you go like, when you go to like normal adult life, regular job, and like you go to a new place, like now your commonalities with people before they were geography based. Now they're sort of geography based, but the people you actually encounter, it's going to be like mostly professional and then there's figuring out how to build those relationships and like actually have a professional life if you're trying to do that whole thing. And then there's also like, how do you meet strangers that have different interesting views that'll like actually make you think. And like, it's really hard. Most people go to bars. You think so? A lot. Sometimes play softball. Softball. That's one. I mean, there's, there's, there's options, but in general, it's like, okay, what will get a group of people to go to a, a single place that they might not have before? Like, that's the central actual premise and problem, right? Like, I don't think it's anyone's likability or, like, the networking of the, the city itself. It's more just, like, people are fucking awkward, and you have to, like, give them excuses to meet each other. 
Yeah. There's a comic that is going around New York right now, and I can't think of his name, but he has this joke where he's like, you know, in New York, no one talks to each other. But you get an airplane with somebody from the Midwest, once they see that buckle up sign go on, that means it's time to get to know your neighbor. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I, I get that. I, I don't think it, it's hard to make friends and then you're right there's this like you don't you have you don't really have that commonality but you got to find people with the commonality and that's like finding a needle in a haystack because you don't have there are like as a as a grown-up there aren't clubs you can't join the club you can't join the racquetball club well, actually you literally can join the racquetball club that's an example of somewhere like where yeah, people so that brings up like a funny weird point from like our weird angle of privilege too is like I'm legitimately probably going to join the Brooklyn Yacht Club this year, and it'll be dope just to hang out with people who have boats and shit and be able to play with boats and race with. And like, so there's there's like a, there's an element too. There's an element of it too where like if you reach a certain point of privilege, like you can just spend money and go meet people, and you'll probably fucking get along because like why else would you break this threshold of cash to go do a thing unless you really enjoyed it? If you have a commonality with someone, you'll probably get along with them, blah, blah, et cetera, what have you. Well, you don't have to be a, you don't have to join a yacht club to make friends. You can, well, no, you can be poor and do example, poor people club stuff. I'm, I, that's an extreme example. I'm just saying there's a certain point where it's like, if you want to get to know people in Manhattan, there are a bunch of social clubs that you can spend money and like go have a group of people to rub elbows with that will like automatically be at least indifferent to you. Right, you know? but that doesn't necessarily. You can put yourself out there wherever you want to put yourself out there, but it doesn't necessarily. Like if I went to the Brooklyn Yacht Club, I I might get along with people, but there's a good chance I'll meet people that are cool. But do I want to go to you know? Do I want to go on vacation with them? Do I want to? really hang out with them often uh, vacation not. friend is like the hardest friend ever to make like, i know oh i don't think there's anyone i'd want to go on vacation with that i know <laughs> i just don't <laughs> just like yeah i'll go no that's go alone. dude i feel that i there are I'm, there are very few people that wouldn't ruin a vacation you know like the idea it, it of sp- reminds me of a scene from Curb Your Enthusiasm. Larry David is sitting with his wife on their, their back patio in like Santa Monica or wherever the fuck they live. And he's like, you know, you hear the birds. Sometimes I just think, what if they stopped chirping? Wouldn't be so bad. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's me and friends on vacation. <laughs> yeah. No, yeah, that's... Wait, are you saying because of what... Because of the mundaneness, or like you don't know what to say to people, or what? What's the? Or it's more just there's a point where like if you're gonna spend a shitload of time with somebody, like vacation's a thing that we do to like relax, right? Like yes. to not have to do other things. If you don't have your own just like sanctity of self, you can't do that fully. I don't think. Yes, like dude. if you have to like, yeah, like unless yeah. you're like level of like twin brother where you can truly exist in like to the level of circadian rhythm one-to-one, like just a shitty idea. Yeah. No, I know what you mean. Cause there are like, if I go with my family, I am full, fully comfortable with my family for better or for worse. I know those people like the back of my hand when I'm around them, it feels like I'm alone. Like I'm totally, Honestly, I, I know them and I avoid them. Like when I, even if I'm staying at like my cool brother's houses that I get along with, I'm like, all right, I'm going to like sneak into the basement and just pace in circles 
and avoid you people after a certain hour. <laughs> okay, see, no, I get that with some people. I'll like when I'm going into work in the morning, okay, I will sit in my car and I will wait until there's a time when I can go in and I'm not going to go up the elevator with someone. I will wait because I don't want to talk. I don't want to say anything and I can't, I can't bear the silence. Oh, that's, yeah, I, I fucking hate elevators. The other day we went out to a team lunch and someone was like, all eight of us could fit in this elevator. And I was like, that's no, I mean, we could, but you forgot to ask if we should and we should not, Neil, we should not. Yeah. Dude. <laughs> Neil, man. Dude, so, like, making friends in New York is weird, though, because, like, nobody talks to you. Like, I, like, you know, Cincinnati, you can just have, like, on a weird shirt, and you wear it all day, and, like, somebody's going to make some conversation about that. But, like, you can't, there's, there's not just talking to people here. And it's so strange. Like, the friends that I have made, I was thinking about it before, like we got on the call or whatever, just like, all right, so what friends have I made in New York? And the friends that have made in New York, they weren't already pre-established. We have a gay stripper who moonlights as a bartender at a place that I frequent that's out in Bushwick when I feel like getting outside of my neighborhood and grabbing a cheap beer. There's a random chick who invited me to Burning Man who I accidentally intercepted during her Tinder date with someone else. There is a guy who was my first Airbnb guest in Puerto Rico that I got back in touch with that lives in Queens. And then the dude who I work with that could tell that I too smoke a ton of pot. How often do you hang out with these people? Uh, like... between those four listed probably once a month each once a month texting texting chatting much more regularly but everyone fucking here seems to be busy i i think i'm the only person in new york city that's like yeah dude just hit me any day after six that's fine yeah yeah people gotta hustle there man you don't gotta but there you you can bite into that well okay Here's, there's like levels of friendship, okay? So I'll take, when I moved, when I moved to Cincinnati, I don't think I accomplished making a real, true friend. Like there are people that I'll text and we'll get lunch. That's not like a real, honestly, I don't think it is a real friend. If you're like every month or something, like I had people like that. I had the people I work with, but I didn't, I had, I had no one that was like, my just like that true comfort feeling the only people i really had that with was the people i worked with i was comfortable around you and the people we were working with i had i don't i didn't have any i didn't really have any real friends outside of the place where we worked well, that's at. why you drive to fucking indiana all the time yeah i mean i didn't go i would go up to dayton to visit my brother quite a bit um, especially well, when I, I first I got there. I consider them both the same thing, like a flatter place with less tall stuff. Yeah, but closer. It wasn't like I was driving home. I don't know why I. I don't know why I always say that. I don't know why I feel the need to say I wasn't driving home every weekend. But no, that's like totally sweet. If you were like, wow, your family must be like pretty fucking tolerable. That's 
dope. Yeah. <laughs> you know what? And right? I'll be honest with you. There were a lot of weekends where my family is dope and I did kind of want to go all the way. I wanted to go home, but I didn't a lot of the time because I didn't, I knew it wasn't good for my personal growth, you know, cause I needed to make friends, but I just, and I did try and eventually I did, but I think at first having that unhealthy work-life balance that we both had because we worked at the same place. Yeah, there's a certain point where you're just drinking Coke Zero and Seagram's Five and you're just like, wait, what the fuck am I doing? This is the third time I've watched Scrubs all the way through. Yeah, yeah, no, and even even it got at, like, I would just work, maybe go up, and like for about a year, I would say, I had like some friends and I think I justified that to myself. I went to see my brother a lot, but there were a lot of times where I just, like, like you said, just like drank Coke Zero and Seagrams and watched, not Scrubs necessarily. Like I did a lot of cool stuff, but I didn't have a lot of friends. I wasn't investing in anyone. It's interesting to me how much you emphasize the regular correspondence piece of it from, from what we said before that tangent, because like, so my three, like, I would call them some of my closest friends on the planet that I met in Cincinnati. The way I met them is pretty fucking funny. You still talk to this and guy? So, what? You still talk to this guy? That The guy that you met, your drug dealer? Oh, like, yeah, all three of them. Like, he's, he's doing his master's out in Oregon now. He's still dating the same girl he was that lived with them when they lived there. She's working for, like a conservatory up in Oregon and then the other dude, he is like a trust fund kid, but he's like head of a really big nonprofit that does a bunch of cool shit. And like, I, I talk with them like pretty sporadically, but when we do, it's like really in depth. Like, you know, you pick up where the last sentence left off kind of conversations, but like, it's to the point where like when I was walking up texting you, I had on a jacket that one of them gave me and I'm wearing a sweater that another one of them gave me. And it's like my little coat of arms from some of my best friends. So, and we like might only talk like once every three months or something like it depends on how life's going. Like one of these people literally lives in the fucking forest in California eight months out of the year and just maintains trails and has cell phone service like one day a week. So yeah. Like, no, I I have okay. So I w- I put those type of people in my camp of like these are my. I think of it as like you're getting married and you need to have best men. Like those people that don't live near me anymore and I stay in contact with. Those are those are like my deep. Those are my deep friendships. You know. But yeah, I consider I wouldn't put it that way. I feel like the way you put it almost makes it sound superficial, but the way I would describe it is they're more like my psychic anchors. What are you what are you shitting on me for? I'm not trying to shit on you. I was just saying that it was my observation. I still love you, man. What is We're just having a dialogue. <laughs> I'm What's so these are my people that I'm like these I guess these, I so what so why did I shit on you? Here's why is the way you said it is that like that's your best man that makes it sound like it's like almost like a presentation thing but i know that that actually the way that you approach it now that i think about it that's like probably what you might consider like the biggest day of your life yeah and so that's why you put so much value on it right it's it's not me selecting judgment that's the way i looked at it so that's why i should on you right 
and I'm not I'm not saying it in that sense of like these are my selection, these are my presentation people. I'm just saying you gotta you only have so much time in your life to stay connected with people, you know? You only have so much time, so you probably got about five, probably the guys that are gonna be your groomsmen, and you make time for those guys. Like you and I, we talk, and the amount we talk is probably how much we value each other's friendship in the same way we value each other's friendship. Yeah, I wish we talked more, so I'm pretty sure that I actually, well, I've always felt like I've always wanted to be better friends with you, but you think I'm weird or you're super busy or you've got your own thing going and it's not my place to like question or really bother with that. But I've always been like, I don't know why. That's why I keep in touch with you and listen to your stuff and like just see what you're up to. It's because I've always been like, he's just an interesting dude. And even if you don't want to be best friends or anything, if he'll put up with me, I'm going to fucking keep in touch with him. Yeah, and dude, in the, and I think more so recently obviously we've been talking more but you've i've i've learned to enjoy you more i think you're a lot different than when i first met you and you kind of you kind of overwhelmed me at first oh no like i had so much going on i overwhelmed myself like that was a fucking weird time man <laughs> yeah. so yeah like totally understandable like yeah so at, at the that time, very real. you were you were a different guy, and so we let's just explain the backstory. You, you and I, we both got the sim like similar job at the same job. We both were hired as the same. Yeah, you know, we had the same job. We had the same job, and we got hired at the same time by a company, and we lived in an apartment together. That was that was like the company apartment for a while, and we. We had a similar experience because we both got hired the same week. And, you know, so we were both having the exact same experience at the same time, almost. Yeah, I mean, it was basically dead parallel. Yeah. So so when I got to know you, you were you were a lot to deal with. You were I like I always knew sincerely that you had best intentions like you were a good guy but you were a lot to handle because you you swore a lot you were very loud um you were kind of smelly and it was just your presence was big and overwhelming and and that's why i was kind of i couldn't really i felt like i couldn't really connect with you oh yeah totally reasonable the so, main the main problem was that i wore the same pair of shoes that i had when i was homeless in oregon lashing onto those was like a pretty poor decision yeah dude not not recommended <laughs> i remember well i mean dude we're we're out here now but i remember them asking me like hey you gotta tell bobby like you gotta know what they asked me is they said you gotta tell bobby to shower and I was like, he showers every morning. I He showers, he's in there every morning. I don't know what you want me to say. But they're like, well, you got it. I'm like, why is this on me? You got, he's a grown man. You're his boss. You gotta, you gotta say something. Yeah, no, I, it took me way too long to figure out that I just have terrible feet and destroy shoes. So if I don't like regularly put them in the freezer or like treat them, 
they just become terrible. Yeah, feet, feet smell. But neither neither here nor there. Like I didn't. I wanted honestly. You were my friend because of proximity. Really, you were around, and I knew you were you were hard to hang out with. But I knew you were a good guy, and I, I can always tell that. Like your sincerity, I wanted to be your friend. But there were times where I'm like, I can't, I can't do, I can't, I can't be here for this guy. Like I, like there was one time where you got pretty drunk. You were real drunk outside of a, outside of a bar. Oh yeah. And I was like your birthday. It was like my birthday, and I didn't know. Honestly, when we were leaving the place we worked at, because we were going out with some people and we were meeting them, you were falling asleep and I didn't know what to do. I, and then also there was the, the Indian guy that was with us. Um, he was there too. Yeah. I didn't want, like, because you were, you were super drunk and you were falling asleep. And I was like, I don't really want Bobby to come with us because he's already really drunk and he's already pretty boisterous as it is and, like, pretty volatile. Um uh, so I was like, and then Vinesh, he was like a friend out of proximity. I didn't really, I didn't even like Vinesh. Honestly, I didn't like hanging out with him, you know? So it was, I, I remember we went out and we, you, you were like gone, man. I think we put you in a cab and sent you home, but you were, you were crazy, Although, man. Props to the NCPD. They didn't arrest me for like pissing three inches around the corner right outside the door. Yeah, they were. Thank you guys for pointing out that there was a yellow cab right there and I should probably take it. Yeah. So you were, you were a bit like when I knew you then you were a bit out of control and you had, um, you had, po- you had potential to make me look like shit, you know, and you're a grown up now and I can talk to you honestly and. But yeah, man, that was it. It was like, this guy will potentially make me look like shit out here. So I didn't really, I didn't really want to hang out with you at the time. No, and that makes perfect sense. I didn't really want to get to know you until you started doing the podcast thing. And I was like, oh, wait, he actually does have like gears turning in his head all fucking day while he doesn't display an emotion on his face. Yeah, and I think I was kind of guarded. I think at the time... I think you also had kind of like you were super guarded with men. You would open up to like, like, I don't want to say like specific names. We can sideline that later, but like you would open up to specific women in the office. It felt like, but other than like Robin, it felt like you were super guarded with everybody. I specifically felt like you and, and our, our everyone's favorite designer were just like utter opposite of humans. We, okay, so you think I was guarded with everyone, unless they were, yeah, you know, and I am. Well, it, well, actually, thinking about the division of the company, it might not have been a men and women thing. It might have been, like, an engineering and design versus client services and marketing and sales thing. Like, you were more guarded with the people that were, like, the closer to tech, the more that's, guarded you got. That's fair, because I did always, like, being, a lot of those people were my boss, so I always wanted to be, you know, you know what I mean? I didn't want to be too chummy with them because I was always kind of like, I didn't want, I don't know. I just wanted to let them know I respected them in a way, if that makes sense, rather than be like, what the fuck are you doing? You dumbass piece of shit. You know, I always wanted like, which is how I probably talked to most of the women there and they thought it was funny, but 
but I never wanted to do that with my superiors because I, I wanted them to know I understood the relationship. I think that's what it was. I feel like the first person who really got you was Derek. Oh, interesting. We don't have to talk about this because I, I will talk. We'll sidebar on that, but um, that's that's interesting. You say that. I'm probably gonna bleep that out, but I don't really. I didn't really. I'll, I'll tell you. There are certain people I did connect with, and certain people I didn't. But like genuine connection, I. I'm not talking about a connection. I just mean somebody who like them looking at you is like I get this guy. Like had a he he read you from just like meeting you. He like was like oh I get who this person like kind of is. Okay, and I'll. You're right. Because, like, you were guarded up with other... Maybe it's a guarded thing, maybe it's not. But, like, he was able to look at you and, like, go, like, oh, I kind of get who this Joey guy is. Okay. And here's what I'll say about you. I think you had this... You were very... There was no... There was honestly a lot of mystery to you because you always presented this person of who you were. You were always, like... You were always talking about yourself, but it was always kind of, like you're talking about yourself and you're talking about your past and where you've been and your family. And you'd always put this forward. You'd put this idea of who you were forward, but it was always to me, I was always like, who's, who is the real, I think you were guarded in a way that was completely different than me. You were guarding yourself with over and over indulging and telling people who you wanted to be to them. You know, so I was always kind of like, I don't really well, no, know who you exactly are. exactly it is. Like, I had had no notion of, like, potential success in my life. So, like, this was, like, to me, like, before that job, like, I basically, like, before I'd moved to Portland and did the shit that got me ending up there in the six months or whatever that elapsed there, like, I was just like, man, if I ever make $15 an hour consistently, it's pretty dope. Yeah, same. And, and so, like... It, it was it, in that combined with like, you know, I have no fucking male role model of any sort. My mom was always busy being sick or making 12 bucks an hour to raise two kids and be in debt anyways. So it was just like, Oh, like, Holy shit. I actually have some modicum of capability now. That's absolutely horrifying. Okay, well, man, I kind of wanted to go back to something, but like, let's just take it back to. Oh, I wanted to. I wanted to talk about my experience um, making friends when I got to when I got to Cincinnati, and then you know what? That's all I want to talk about, real quick. I just want to say where where I found friends. Maybe you can. I want to see what you have to think about this. So, I. I was there for a year and a half. We were friends. I didn't make friends really with anyone. I just made friends with my coworkers and I spent a lot of time at work and I just kind of did work functions. I had a couple friends here and there, but it wasn't until I got fired from that job and then I, I started working with one other guy so I didn't have any built-in friends. It was, you know, I had to go make friends and it forced me to do stand-up comedy where I made where I made a lot of, you know, level two friends, but that's when I actually put myself out there enough and put in the time and the effort to arrange stuff and make friends and have people over and make it, make it happen for myself where I have lifelong relationships. So I think 
ultimately, my, my point about making friends is what it takes is it takes effort. And it takes you putting yourself out there, meeting a lot of people that you fucking hate in order to find people that you truly connect with. But it takes effort to stay to stay connected with those people. I concur. That's so what's it been like? What's it been like in New York? Have you felt, you know, you moved because you broke your girlfriend and you broke up. You got a new job. You started pretty much from scratch. You had a few other connections there. But like, what's it been like, man? Has it been lonely? Have you been connecting with people pretty well? Oh, like New York's an inherently lonely city. Dude, I've heard the opposite. I've heard LA's lonely. New York, you just meet people everywhere. So I've heard the contrary. I mean, I guess it depends on your crowd. So here's my context. The people I hang out with in New York are either fashion people, comedy people, or tech people. The tech people were already built in. The fashion people were already built in. The comedy people were the only friends I've made here easy to meet. I go to clubs, I hit their mic because I have no references of any sort of club. It's New York, every comic in the world's here. And I go and hang out and I'm like reasonably personable. Sometimes people like me and stuff. And so I get to make a, a good amount of friends in the comedy scene. And that's like mainly the people that I like talk with regularly, hang out with, whatever. The fashion people are more like friends of friends, but that I've gotten to know. And then the tech people, like I all already knew before I came here. But like, if you go outside of that group, the only way I've met strangers in New York has basically been being at a bar when someone else chimed into a conversation I was in with someone sitting next to me or they were sitting next to me and we ended up in conversation. Well, it sounds like you're doing fine, though, man. You sound like you got too many friends. Sorry, you got all jumbled again. What'd you say? You. It sounds like you're doing great, man, because that's, I mean, that sounds Although like you I'm totally enjoying my life. I'm just saying that, like, overall, like, if, like I get it. So it depends on a level. Like, there's a, there's a lot of, like, friends and, I guess, like, feels like you have a sitcom group of friends. Like, I always have people that it's like, oh, shit, to do with. But the ongoing storylines are, like, still, the, the seeds are still being sown. I don't know which ones are going to come up above the soil. I've only been here three months, you know? Yeah. Do you have, uh, I guess, you know what, I, I'm all, I, I think this can be unhealthy, but it can be healthy. But to have that sitcom group of friends, to have, you know, your Kramer, your George and Elaine, I think... Well, no, and that's, that's, that's Liz. I, you, you've heard a million stories about Liz. Yeah. But so she, we both live right by the Williamsburg bridge. She's just on the other side, Manhattan. And like, yeah, she, she's my sitcom hangout friend. Like this weekend, the episode was the time she fucked my gay stripper friend. Yeah. So you've got, you've, she's your, like that, that go-to that like hey what's up what are you doing then it's not like we have to like arrange to hang out it's just like what are you up to man like i oh yeah like i'll just show up at her door and buzz the thing sometimes and be like i was coming home from work let's buy grilled cheese sandwiches 
Well, that's awesome that you've got that, dude. Because, I, I mean, I'm lucky enough now. I mean, dude, fuck, we've known each other more than 15 years at this point. Like, she's my closest friend on the planet. Well, that's awesome you got someone so that you're so familiar with, man, so close. You know what? The funniest thing to me, though, is is that we grew up one town away from each other. It was about seven miles. And each town had maybe 3,000 people. So we grew up in, in small towns about seven miles from each other. And now we just live on the opposite sides of the Williamsburg Bridge completely by chance. Like, I found this place on Craigslist. She's had her lease for a couple of years, and I was just kind of searching all over. But it was just like, oh, like, that's just kind of weird. No, that's... um. Yeah. That's really cool, man. Like I'm, you're you're blessed, dude. I'm, like, you know what I mean? Because that's I have a friend out here that he's about an hour away, but I've known that guy, you know, for about the same, like ten years, man. I've known this dude forever, and it's just nice knowing he's around. Because I'm so comfortable with him, I'm so familiar with him. It's just. It's it's like it's that that's what I think we're all kind of chasing is like a group of people that we can just be ourselves around. Oh, dude, and like so, it's it's totally been killing me lately. It's like my best best friend. He was going through this period where he thought him and his wife might get divorced. They're not gonna. They worked some shit out. It was solid. That was good. But it's just like I'll I'll text him like every other day, sometimes more. And I go get a response like one in three times. And we've known each other for, I mean, it's like, like we met in kindergarten, so like 20 years. Yeah. And I'm just like, God damn it, Tim, talk to me more. I just want to know you're okay. And also hear about your dogs that I talk shit about, you know, whatever bullshit. Yeah. Yeah, you need, you need damn it, man. Him. You got to, I don't know. That's what it, I, I, like, the older I get, the more I realize that it's not about um, avoiding sin and singing worship songs to God and being a good Christian. The, I mean, that was, the, the like, the more I, like, I get older and I realize that, like, oh, dude, it's just about doing right by the people you interact with every day and enjoying connecting with other people and enjoying the fact that you're in this together. That's what it, that's all it is, man. And it, that I totally agree. And I think one thing that people really underestimate is like the micro friendships that you have. Yeah. Like there was, there was one guy who he was the bartender at a place seven blocks down from where my mom's room was in the Cleveland clinic when she was on her last days. And I would, I would go in there like once or twice a week and just sit down and get like three or four drinks, order some chicken wings and just shoot the shit with them. And that dude has hit me up on Twitter, like at least once a week with a weird thing about a grilled cheese sandwich since I left Cleveland. Yeah. And like at this point it's like, you know what, we might not talk a ton, but like, there's a level where it's like we we have some sort of connection here, where like I I hella value you. Like if you if you know me well enough to know that if you share this grilled cheese thing, I'll look every time, and you consistently do it even if I don't reply. Like you're fucking good people. Yeah, and that's a good way to put it. It's just valuing valuing someone and saying, hey, I want you around. 
I value who you are and I don't want you to leave or stop doing Dude, like honestly like some of the coolest friends I've ever made have been strangers on Twitter that I talked with for a year or more and then eventually met in person while traveling yeah like I watched I watched the eclipse with a guy who's like a Ruby and Rails core contributor and was briefly on the Rails core team and he just like showed up at my house after two years of bullshitting on Twitter and then wrote some weird Apple script stuff on my Mac to import my Gmail context for me. And we all got strangely emotional when the sky got dark. It was pretty dope. <laughs> yep. That's, um, that's it, man. That's what it's all about. Just getting strange and emotional during an eclipse with a guy that you don't really know, you know? By the way, can you see the moon right now? I can't. <laughs> we can look at it later, but I cannot premiere my blind shut. Uh, I actually really wanted to open the call with that. I had a reminder set for it, but then when we had to switch between Facebook and normal call, I, I didn't look at the reminder. Oh, you blew it, dude. But I, I, had like, I had three or four references to your silly videos that I was planning on plugging as bad jokes to open up and then just didn't. Thanks for watching those videos, man. Thanks for Thanks for being encouraging i don't feel like i tell you enough that like when you appreciate them and when you send me stuff like that it it really makes me feel good yeah i actually thought i was bothering you so that makes me feel good to know i wasn't just bothering you yeah no sometimes i feel like sometimes i feel like you think you're bothering me and i'm like no i don't know how to oh, express just, to bother you that's my default is like if i if I talk to you, I assume I'm bothering. And I'm going to be honest work. with you. There are times where you've talked to me and I've been bothered. But when... Oh, well, of course, I'm Bobby. Like, it's my brand. Right. It's your brand, dude. Just a bit much at all times. <laughs> but no, dude, when you send... That's one thing I've, like... I want to, on the podcast, say, like, that... And I know you probably do it for everyone that you, you're fond of their stuff or something they're making... Keep doing that, man. People, that's so impact. Like, it makes it influences people, and it really makes their day when you just come up and you're like, "Hey, I'm gonna be specifically encouraging about something you did because I think it's cool." So I had I had a moment like that yesterday. Um, my friend, he's in a band called Los Colones. There, he's their bassist, and they're they're opening for Blues Traveler on their 30th anniversary tour right now. And they had played Friday out at the Irving in Manhattan. And it was yesterday I had walked into a random McDonald's here in Brooklyn and I'm standing in line and I see the haircut of the guy in front of me. And I'm like, I know this haircut. I swear that's Gordo. And it, it turns out that it, that it was. And I was like, Gordon. And he turned around and we gave each other a big hug and started talking. And then he, he has this travelogue that he keeps on his Instagram where instead of taking pictures, he just shoots like really short cuts in 60 frames a second on his nice iPhone or whatever. And he just has his eye for it where they, they're, they're really well put together and he gets, he just does a super good job. And I was, I was talking to him and I was like, man, like I watch everyone. They're so dope. And he just lit up and showed me like three of them that he'd been working on. And, but it's exactly like what you said. I never realized I would mean something to him 
I was just like, yeah, dude, like, at fucking sick instas, like, I pop onto that and watch it all the time. And, yeah. and like, you know, he gets a notification that says this person saw this or whatever, but to actually say something about it was, like, a big deal to him. And he was, he, like, walked out of that McDonald's shooting more footage when I headed to the train, and that was, like, super dope. Dude, and that's a vulnerability thing on your part, when you just come to someone and you just kind of say, like, Dude, I think this is, you're not, you're just like really putting yourself out there and how you felt about something. I think that's rare. That's a vulnerability thing. When you, when you see someone and you just tell them like, dude, I totally fucked with this thing. I would actually challenge that. I would go to so far as to say that I think the fact that you feel like that's a vulnerability thing is actually indicative that you and I were raised in the toxic boys culture that I was referencing earlier where like, we think it's vulnerable to tell someone else, like, I like the thing you made. Well, when I, in reality, that's, like, not at all vulnerable. It's just, like, a sentiment that's an expression. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I don't know, man. Maybe. Maybe you're right. But I I think, I, I try to do that, too. But I think, I, I don't even, I, I think sometimes people... They get in this mode of like, oh, that's dumb. Like, I don't like that. They, it, for some, you know, somebody trying something, someone will probably like shit on my video and say, what's Bertoff still doing this dumb stuff for? You know, because they want to feel better about themselves. So they'll shit on it to their friends. But I think when someone just says, like, dude, looks like Bertoff's doing something cool. And this video was funny. I think that takes maturity. And I think it takes like, confidence in who you are as a person to just say dude that was awesome and like really appreciate something and and really look at someone's art so i agree with what you're saying but that's once you've read into the friendship but like what i was getting more so at is just the fact that you said like that's a vulnerable thing of you like i was a guy sitting at a mcdonald's table with a dude who was the fuck buddy of the chick that i married on a beach like you can't really get more casual there wasn't any vulnerability. It was just like, yo, the thing you make is dope. <laughs> well, I mean, I even think that's a, I mean, that could be a tense relationship, dude. You know? What, you know, she's... Uh, if you, like, maybe with some people, but not, maybe I'm too laid back. I don't know. It never bothered me. Like, I, I hung out with her and him both many times. We'd go to Motown Mondays together, and he danced so silly, it'd make me want to get up and dance, too. I mean, it was, it was very nice, actually. Well, I think, I mean, I do think that's a, I mean, I think it's, whatever, man. I think it's cool. And, I, and like, all I'll say, and a lot of people don't, a lot of people don't do that, and um, it means a lot to people when you do. And I do it too. I try to tell people. No, I people, totally agree with that. I was just saying, like, I don't think it's. Anyways, everyone should say nice things to people about the stuff they make. I just don't think they should consider it a vulnerable moment. They should consider it a human one. Yeah, that's my sentiment. <laughs> um. Well, yeah, man. You got um. You got anything you want to say before we wrap up? Anything you want to be like, hey, one more note, this. Mm, uh, Don't be a dick. Yeah, for sure. Don't be, don't be a dick, man. It's so simple, but every day I'm like combating not being a dick, you know? Like, 
the, the like basically the combination of the like what I live my life on a daily basis at this point is don't be a dick and if you have the opportunity put a rainbow and or a unicorn out into the universe. If you do those two things, like you probably have good days. Yep. Yeah, that was your advice advice on the last one, man. No one can do it every day, but if you just try it goes well. Right on. Well, thanks a lot, Bobby. I'll uh I'm I'm going to pretend to hang up the phone on you. All right. Yeah, I was going to say are we going to actually sidebar? <laughs> All right. Later, man. Later, man.